Thanks, Logan. Happy Mother's Day to y'all and moms here in person. If you're watching online, uh, we wish you could be with us here today. I hope that you can come sometime and on another Sunday to, to be with us. If you remember last year, we weren't here, were we? <laughs> we were all, Mother's Day was very different. Uh, so I'm grateful that we can take some time to be here physically this morning. And, and I just want to say, if you're, you're watching online and you're wondering, when is it time to come back into the physical building? I think this is a great season to start doing that. And we'd love for you to be here when you're ready to come back. We'd love for you to be a part of our services here, but we're glad you're able to connect with us uh, that way. Uh, we are in, I guess, this series called Mind Over Matters. It's, it's actually, the acronym is MOM, so we're in a MOM series. Mind Over Matters. We're, we're starting, we started this series last week, and it had this one kind of thread throughout the series that we'll be doing here for a few weeks, and it's this thought is this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so if that is true, which I believe it's true, if you think about what you think about, you realize that there's so much, yes, there's reaction to things that we do subconsciously, we, we knee-jerk reactions, but much of our life is we, we process, we think about what we're thinking about, and then we, we act or you know, respond to what that might be. And, and so last week, we, we spent some time talking about the fact that the this pandemic this last year, of, of all the different crises it's created, it's really created a mental health crisis. The numbers have just shot up when it comes to anxiety and depression and so many other mental and psychological things it's done. And some of you know and felt it to a certain degree that we can find ourselves somewhere on the spectrum for that. And, and last week, is, and I want to make sure I do it today as well, is I want to give a couple of disclaimers. First of all, as we do this series on the mind, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a pastor, and so yes, we're going to look at science and neuroscience and quotes and the readings that we have, but our main authority is scripture that we're going to look at today. So I'm going to try to keep in, our lane, keep in my lane, as, as you say. And the second thing is that mental illness is an illness. So what that means is that it's a real thing. It's not, say, well, it's just in your head. Well, it starts there, but it's, it physiologically, it's an issue. It's a chemical issue. It can be. So we're not here to diagnose anybody. And so if, if you're having a bad day or you know someone, it's beyond just a bad day. They're actually having a, a tough time. Really seek professional help. And if you need some guidance to that, please let us know. I'd love to be able to direct you towards some help that you need that is beyond what I, what I can offer, but really some direction for you. But all that to say is last week, what we started off with, we talked about really just the whole goal was awareness. Awareness, to start thinking about what you're thinking. And so we talked about last week how we, we have soundtracks that we listen to and they're, they're thoughts that we have that we put on a playlist. Many times we play them over and over and over again. We don't want to do that, but we, if we don't, I'm not aware of it, we find ourselves that we keep doing it. We keep putting them on a loop and, and a repeat. And many of our thoughts, some would say that 80% of our thinking is actually negative. That's a lot, right? 80% you're thinking, where do those, why is it such a, such a negative swing? Well, it comes down to the fact that we live in a fallen, broken world. And so we process things, and we in some ways have broken soundtracks that we put on repeat over and over. And the more you think about what you're thinking in the sense of, or, or 
or your thoughts, if you go over them over and over again like a, a playlist and they're negative, guess what? You start believing them, believing them about those out there in your world, believing them about yourself or your own identity, and it also leads you to what you believe about God. And these broken soundtracks are actually lies that come from the enemy, that come from Satan. And we talked about that. The, our, our, our battles of our life are fought and really won or lost in our mind. And, and so, but the good news was, and it continue is, as we talked about last week, is that the power of the whole, through the Holy Spirit is Christ's followers, that we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That we actually, through Jesus, can, our thoughts do not have to be bigger than us. We actually are bigger than our thoughts if we begin to think about what we're thinking in the process. Now, the question is, how did you do last week? How, how did it go last week? for you. I, I did pretty good, but there's days I didn't do very good. And the days I caught myself having a negative thought, guess what? The enemy comes along. I don't know if this happened to you. Like, look at you. You think you're so great talking about this. Look at you. You have a bad thought, a negative thing, a negative thing going. Look at you. And this heap of condemnation. I'm like, oh, you dirty devil. You're doing it to me. Because I was feeling guilty about the negative thought. You see the, the, the subtlety of that? I'm like, no, I'm not. And I had to rebuke it. No, that's not what I... First of all, I don't want to think that. And second of all, you can't beat me up on that. I, I, I found the trigger and I began to replace it with, no, what is true? And I hope you did well with that. I hope you took some time. And if you weren't great at it, we're going to talk about this, is you're not going to be perfect at it. You're not going to have a perfect week. You're going to have you're gonna have a moment you know and if we have a bad moment and we catch ourselves hopefully we don't have a bad day or a bad week it's, it's catching it along lines and one of the things that we offer to help us take you know replacing these negative playlists with a new playlist is to go to truth replace the the lie with truth and we go to god's word and so last week we, put, we rolled out what we call a spiritual growth plan of our Mind Over Matter series. And it's just really each day reading through Scripture. And so we invite you, if you're here in person, there's one in your program. This one, compared to last week, last one didn't, didn't turn out too well on the print side of things. I encourage you to grab this new, cleaner-looking one, a little bit bigger one, and, and you can go through it and, and use this as a guide. And if... if if you're online, we want you to also know it's, it's available on our website. I believe we have it there. I'm not sure if we have it up on our, webs, on our screen there. But, but uh, basically, what you go to ctk.church, and you go to North Bay, and there's what you click on, growth. And under there, and this is for everybody also in person, is there's the, 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 the reading plan itself, but there's also some introductory videos through the Bible Project that's that Josh put on there for us that you can watch and just resources there for you a part of this reading plan. The goal is to be in God's word every day and replacing truth to push out the lies to create a positive playlist. But as I mentioned before, it's on our good days we're doing really well. Not so good days, we find ourselves gravitating back to those negative thoughts. So we're not perfect, so it is a process that we go through. And that's what I want to talk about today. In fact, kind of moving a little bit from the tunes that we listen to, to more of the change that we need to take is to change our, not just our tunes, our playlist, but to change the trails 
that we go. So we're going to talk about trails, and many of us do hiking, and we go to different places, and we take trails, and most of the trails that we take are well carved out. You know, we, most of the times we don't just tromp through the woods. We go, oh, this is a trail that I, I walk my dog, or I go along the beach, or we, we're prone to go the trails that have already been blaze for us and, and warn for us and and that's good because there's protective lands and we're not supposed to go to and, and you know go go too far on that but there's times in our in our life where that trail that where we're going to isn't the the way even though it's well worn path it's pretty wide there's the, the realize no that's not where a lot of people are going that's not where i need to go and we're going to talk about that today now back several years ago i was in when i was college actually i mean almost 30 years ago my, um, my church that I was a part of, we, the, the church bought 60 acres of land. 60 acres. We got about 60 feet here that we're trying to develop. 60 acres. And so what they decided to do is kind of a, a way of vision is to get people on the properties to start walking it and start praying over the property for the future facility is they had us, uh, some youth and young adults, go ahead and blaze some trails. So they gave high schoolers and, and college students machetes and chainsaws. So I don't know if there was a waiver that they needed to sign or for that, I can't remember. But I remember using a chainsaw and hashing away and creating trails, little prayer paths that we made uh, for this, this property. And, and it's interesting as we, people started using it, started praying, going on the property. But it, was, it took 10 years, 10 years for that place of that property that was undisturbed in the, the, the church building a facility on it. And it kind of just reminds me of that it takes time when you're blazing new trails or when you're going new paths, it takes time and it's a process that we have to go through and it, but it's possible. And, and to clear new pathways of our mind is the same way. To move from the, what it seems to be a well-worn, wide, maybe even it seems paved or graveled with lots of signage, like this is the way everybody's going, to the new path that God has for us. And it's the same way in our minds, pathways, even physically, brainwaves, the things that we think about really are key to that and and then which is really great to know even physically that we can create new pathways they call it neuroplasticity and basically what it is is that individuals if retraining the brain is possible even those those have gone through traumatic brain injuries many of you have some of you i know have had to relearn maybe your brain connecting to your leg to start walking again or whatever it might be and you've gone through rehab and over and over and repetition happens so there's a retraining that happens it's the same way for us spiritually is that there is it is possible to retrain our minds the the pathways the go-to's that we go to all the time actually can be abandoned and then began to go on the new pathways. But the challenge is, the old way is an easier way to go because we're used to going that way. It's the, it's the go-to path that we go, and it's learning how do we blaze the trail of new pathways. Well, guess what? It's, it's, it's overgrown. There's no, there's no, you really, really know where you're going. You're kind of lost in the woods. That's where God comes in and helps us along the lines to pave to, to, to the, the new path that he's wanting us to take. 
So we have a choice, though. What do we do when we're at the trailhead of life with where we think? Do we go the way we used to go and we know to go all the time, or do we go this, this new way? Know this, there's always a choice. We all have a choice when it comes to it. No choice, not choosing, still a choice. Because change just happens. You can't stop it. We've learned that last year. We could just do our own life and what we're doing, and, and the whole world changed around us. Teddy Roosevelt said this about change. He said this, there can be no life without change. And to be afraid of what is different or unfamiliar is to be afraid of life. Fear can come over us and paralyze us. You know, it's the fight, flight, or freeze. And many times we just don't know what to do in the midst of crisis and we just freeze. The challenge is we're at a trailhead. We have to decide which way or go. We're going to end up going down this negative pathway in our brains and our minds, or do we, hang, hang, do we go God's way toward the path? It's a challenge that we all face. And, it's, and, it, and, and we know this, that change affects every aspect of our lives. And so today's truth that we're going to talk about this is that change is inevitable. But transformation is a choice. Change is inevitable. You can't, you can't control change. Change just happens around you. Just you right now are getting older minute by minute. Sorry to remind us of that, right? Each time, each, you can't stop time. You can't stop change. You can't stop what's going around, around you. But you have an opportunity, a conscious choice, a conscious decision to lean toward transformation spiritual transformation that God wants us to have. It has everything to do how you respond to that change. Do I go down the negative road like everybody's going in a sense of angst and hopelessness and, and everything that's happening in that direction? Or are, am I going to go in the direction that God has for me? Remember, you move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Do you rise above by putting mind over matters or do you go and default back to the negative ways you're going? We have a choice every single day along the path. Well, as I mentioned before, we have good news as Christ follower. God has a plan for us. The Bible is our trail guide to guide us along. And we're going to go to a passage of Scripture. If we did a series and we didn't include this passage of Scripture, you're going, how could you leave this out? It's a go-to passage that I want to turn to this morning. It's found in Romans chapter 12. Paul says this. This is a familiar passage for so many of us, but it's so important that we talk about this one. He says this in verse 1. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true form and, and proper worship. Do not be conformed. Or sorry, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul's talking here about sacrifices. Now, Paul was Jewish, and so he came from a Jewish background, and the Jewish religion was all about sacrifices, had to do with animal sacrifices for the atonement of sin. Read all through the Old Testament how they specifically and graphically sacrificed animals in the temple for sin. But remember, Paul is speaking to a, a Greek Hellenistic audience. And so when he's talking about sacrifices to that group of people, they're not talking animal sacrifices. They're actually talking about their background as human sacrifices. He's talking about 
whatever group it was, when he talks about sacrifices, is putting a, a sacrifice on the altar and then killing it. But Paul uses this term not of dead sacrifices. He talks about living sacrifices. And I really believe his point is here. It's not that we're called to die on, as a sacrifice. No, Jesus atoned for our sin on the cross once to die. That's all death needed to happen was Christ when he died. Took it once for all for all man for, for sin. So when Paul's talking about here, it's not us dying for a, a sacrifice, be a sacrifice, but that we be a living sacrifice. Not called to die, but to call to live. So out of that, out of that sacrifice, Paul is talking about transformation. Now what does that look like? How do we, how do we actually put this in practice? I think it goes back to this pathway. This, how, do we, how do we retrain our, our minds spiritually and emotionally toward not going this way, but going the way that Christ wants us to go. So it comes down to choice. Each and every day consciously aware, I'm going to make a choice to choose transformation. Well, if you're here in person, I, we included some notes for you to fill in. If you're online, I encourage you to take some thoughts down of choosing transformation. First, it starts with this, is when we surrender and sacrifice our life as an act of worship. When we surrender and sacrifice our life as an act of worship. As I mentioned before, Paul's talking about laying out our lives as a living sacrifice. Not dying for our sin or for anyone else, but, but living for him in, a, in, a, in an ongoing way. I love how the, the message reads Romans 12.1. This paraphrase says this. So here's what I want you to do. If you're wondering what it means to have a, do a living sacrifice. It says this, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's what he's saying, is that your life is to be this offering. You're laying down what you need to lay down. Now, what, what do you need to lay down? Well, it's not just the physical things like the, that you do, that it, and it can be, you know, things you possess, possess you. There, there, there's relationships, there's attitudes, there's desires, there's selfishness, there's, uh, as I maybe mentioned, ambition that we have, that our ways and our wills, those are, there's this calling to lay it down, our, our desires for what he desires, as we're going to read later, his, his per, to experience his perfect will in our life. To have his perfect will starts with laying down our will, laying down as an act, and then he says this, he, he says, as you do this, as your bodies as a living sacrifice, this is your, is an act of service, as a living sacrifice, scripture talks about. How, what does he mean by ser, living as a service to the Lord? Well, it comes down, to, and I, this, I love to sing, and I love to express in worship as we do on on Sunday, I appreciate Chris and holding down the fort as we continue to uh, uh, give us some give us some opportunities for expression of of worship. But it's more than that. That worship isn't just singing in, in our lives. It's great to do that, but it's actually an act of service. And I and it's Paul or actually Jesus says this in Matthew twenty five that that we are as as a worship to Him, as an honor to Him. We are to help feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit those who are lonely and, and provide for people they need provided for. 
that we do it unto him. We do it the least of these we do unto him. Next week, you're going to hear a great report from Family Promise, this ministry that we are partnering with other churches and helping those in need. It's an act of service and worship that we do that. But in the process, what happens is, in this leads to, what he talks about, transformation. Transformation of only the people that we serve, but the transformation of our own lives. But it's a choice. We choose Transformation, an intentional choice where we come, which path will we go is up to, is really up to us. Secondly, in, the, in our transformation choice is this, that you, when you do this, you're aware of how you and unwilling to sh- shape the world's way. You're aware of how you and unwilling to be shaped by the world's way. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter, how, it doesn't matter, none of us are resilient to the messages and the soundtracks really that come toward us with what we watch and what we listen to, who we spend time with. And in, it, in our daily fix of whatever comes our way, we're shaped by this. And, and I love what the Bible says in another, again, another of the paraphrases, you know, this whole thing, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. And the message, it says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture. Well, get used to it that you just kind of fit in and we kind of just go with the flow and the way the world is going to. And I, I've used this illustration several times before, but you know uh, how you cook a frog, right? You ever, you ever had, anybody had frog legs before? I, 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 they, they taste like chicken. No, they taste like the pond, okay? That's what I'm telling you. Uh, you know, we'll discuss how you cook them and everything, but I didn't have good experiences eating frog legs one time on a trip. So maybe that's what happened. But if you want to cook a frog, this is what you do. You don't, you don't put a, a frog in boiling water, do you? That little guy, he'll, he'll just hop right out. Guy's too hot. No, you put him in kind of temperate kind of bath water, and then you kind of slowly turn up the heat, and pretty soon you cook that little froggy to death, okay? Uh, it sounds morbid, but that's how you, that's how you do it, okay? And, and, and I think we realize in our life is many times we get so acclimated, we get so accustomed to the world's way and the world's mentality, whether it's morality or attitude that comes with it, and we continue to remind, we need to remind ourselves that we're not to be the thermometers in our culture, we are to be the thermostats, that we need to recognize where God's word is and where the standard is. What is the temperature of what God wants and desires? And we need to rise to that temperature or lower that temperature where it is rather than just kind of registering where the world's at and where we're doing. And that's a difficult thing, but it's a conscious thing. It doesn't mean that we don't go, okay, you know, recognizing, okay, that's a different life or different lifestyle and everything. It doesn't mean we don't love people and care for people, but we don't have to lower our standards. We don't have to lower and compromise. And so we have to be careful and conscious of that. Verse 2 uh, in, the, in the Phillips translation says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Now, it's the British spelling there, mold. Uh, so, uh, 
really what it's saying is this times where we feel the pressure that we've got to conform. He says, no, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. So where you spend your time with, again, the, the news, the Netflix, or whatever the people you're, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I used to say, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it really is true. Who you hang out with is who you end up becoming. If it's not physically, it's digitally that way. Who you surround yourself with. It's, it's just really an idea of making sure that we're conscious conscious of the influences that are are there it doesn't mean that we just put ourselves in a bubble and we don't interact with the world no we're called to be salt and light in this society be examples of him and we're to do it with humility you know someone else's standard is different than yours your job isn't to tell them that they're wrong and they need to live to the morality of that it never works by the way don't ever try to do that it's it's the change is it's a change that we're going to talk about from the from the inside out for the people in our lives and so we need to remind us of that that who we hang out with where do we find community you know that's why we do small groups is that we find a community of people that we're spending time with and we're influencing one another but it's not just coming together and agreeing upon one another of what it is because how many know even the best intentions we think we're living the life of follower christ if we do not have god's word as a center we're drift we can drift as well and i love what hebrews says in in about the bible and the message it says this of of how strong the word of God is is where is our standard. It says this, his powerful word is sharp as a, as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything without doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. When we go before God and we consciously say, God, I open your word and you speak to me, it's like a surgeon's scalpel. And that can be painful sometimes. Have you ever God do his work in you without anesthesia? Have you ever had that happen before? It's painful. But it's necessary, right? To cut away what, need, what is unhealthy and help bring health in your life. And it's painful at times, but that pain helps us to grow. That is the process of transformation. But this is what I've learned of choosing transformation. That the pain to stay the same has to be greater than the pain to change. The pain to stay the same has to be greater than the pain to change. Someone put it this way. People change when they hurt enough, when they have to, learn enough that they want to, and receive enough that they're able to. People want to change when they hurt enough that they have to, learn enough that they want to, or receive enough that they're able to. I want to pick the, the last two of that, right? But many times, it's the pain that reminds us, I'm not going down the, wrong, the, the right path. I need to choose God's way toward transformation. But it is a choice. But know this, transformation, when you embrace God's transformation of your mind to change you from the inside out, you, when you, you embrace God's transformation of your mind, it's a change from the inside out. Just talk about the well-worn paths. Many times in our life, there is past memories and feelings that, that creep up. I remember yesterday, a couple days ago, I was looking for a photo. Uh, and, and I went through, have you ever gone down just memory lane and all these pictures and people? And it's amazing, these same pictures I have bring up different feelings at different seasons of, of my life. And it, it, I don't know, it was, it was a good experience and then it wasn't a good experience. It, was, it brought a lot of loss, 
of the people that have passed away. It, it stirred up some insecurities that I had. But my mind went there. It, it, it took me back. And I, again, it's nothing wrong with nostalgia, nothing wrong going back. But it, it, it's sometimes we got to catch ourselves. Is it healthy to go down this road that maybe can lead to a place of negativity? Or do I choose to make this path to choose God's way? God's way is always the harder way, isn't it? The easier way is the go-tos. Last week we talked about the halt. When we're hungry and we're angry and we're lonely and we're tired, we go to and we, we escape to at times the unhealthy pathways that are in. And it's the same way with our mind of being careful of this, but it's a progress that we have to make. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to choose the path. But here's the challenge with it. It's a compromise of our wills. At some point we have to go, God helping me. Okay? I'm laying, Lord, my life as a sacrifice from you. Lord, I want this transformation. It's really hard. I need your help to do that. But our, we have to lay down our wills to do it. There was a study that was done at Rochester University, and they actually looked at 140 different studies, and they found a commonality why marriages survive. And what they found of the 140, 174 studies is this. That's, it's called psychological flexibility. It's basically a fancy word to say that, that married couples can roll with the punches. That they're able to flex. They're able to compromise. And I think that's in every single relationship that you're willing to not, because we find ourselves so rigid and we want it, we're stubborn and we go, oh, this is the way. I want to go my way. I want to do that. And, and, and the Lord in his gracious and in his sovereignty, you know what he does? He allows you to go down that path, doesn't he? If that's the way you want to go, if that's the way he, he's given us this incredible gift of, of free will, and it's a challenge for us because we find ourselves down, down the trail of darkness and pain and dif difficulty and loneliness even. And we're like, God, how did I get there? And God's saying, you went that way. You chose that way. There was a point in your life you, you need to go back to. And that's, that's for us as well, that knowing that here's the beauty of it all is, at any point, we can get on the right path. At any point, wherever we are, we think we're down the darkest path that we'll never be able to get back. We think we've got to go all the way back. Nope. Lord wants to provide a shortcut back to his will. It's painful. It's difficult. There's work involved in this, this recovery process to get on the right path. But it is possible to do that. And, and to help us. And it doesn't mean we have to maybe undo some things and work through some things that we have, some wreckage in our life, but there's always the path back. And Paul gives this challenge in this, in this challenge of surrender to the Holy Spirit. He says this, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed, and back fall, we, we talked about this a little bit. You might remember this message, but it's the word metamufu, Metamorpho, actually, is where we get the word metamorphosis. And you, if you remember, you know, great example is is the butterfly. In fact, you ladies, you got it, your your little card there for moms. There's a beautiful butterfly. Well, beautiful butterflies. There's a process for that butterfly to to fly, right? It's metamorphosis. You, you learn this in elementary school from a caterpillar turning into a beautiful butterfly. And there's three stages of it. And I think it's good to be reminded of this, that there's this process that we go through of transformation. Perhaps the first one is this, is that we're, we go through what a caterpillar can go through as, being, as a morph. And morph means this, is to, is to be in a cocoon stage, a dormant stage. And, and so a cocoon 
you know, you don't think on the outside much is happening, but in inside, a lot's going on. A lot of transformations taking place. Wings are growing, and, and it's developing, and you think of a, a, a baby that was going through gestation, you know, a lot of growth happening, right, that's taking place. It's a dormant stage. And I think for us spiritually, it's the same way that some of us have experienced maybe life change initially. I, I know so many people that have been radically saved in which they, they experienced the life of Jesus. Man, they were in addiction and there were struggles and, and man, the Lord grabbed hold of their heart and they gave their life to Jesus and man, the li- their life just changed dramatically. For some of us that's happened, but for a lot of us over time is maybe that happened initially, then we get into a, sometimes a dormant stage of discipleship where a, not a lot of change is happening. I think this last year is a great example of any example we've ever had in our life, and I hope it was so, it's the most unique example in our lifetime that we have to go through this, but we gone through a dormant stage, didn't we? We went through a thing called well, it feels like in some ways, quarantine. Last year, we were locked down. Nobody came to Mother's Day service. None of you moms went to Mother's Day brunch last year. Uh, it was all from home. It was all takeout. We, we know what that feels like. We know what quarantine feels like. We know what cocoon stage feels like. And I think spiritually, it's this. There's times of dormancy in our life. And I tell you, it's difficult. It's hard, isn't it? It just, it just feels like this waiting that goes on. And yet God so much does his best work in the waiting. There's this transformation that's going to happen at some point. That's the morphing times that we go through. And what we find ourselves is that in those times, we have some choices. We still have choices. Do I try to get out of my life my own way and, and just forget that pathway? Or do I allow God in this transforming time, this morphing time, to allow him to do his work and, and be patient with that work. It's very difficult, but the Lord wants to help us. He wants to sustain us. He wants to be there with us in the process. And I would say the longer you live, you've gone through these cycles before. Okay, this is kind of a dormant stage. What's going to happen next? We trust in God. And, and what we can trust in that in time, there'll be a, what is called the molt stage. And the molt stage is the shedding of skin. It's the shedding of the cocoon that's there. You know, uh, snakes shed skin. You can see them, you know, out like, wow, that's, if you've been in the, in the desert, you've seen that before. But how many know humans shed skin? I've, I think I've shared this a few times before, but we shed, we shed 1.5 million skin cells an hour. New skin, we get a new skin every 30 days, okay? We, we shed 1.5 pounds each year, 105 pounds by the age of 70. Some of you are going to go home and wash your sheets, aren't you? That's disgusting to think about. But it tells us something physically. It's the same way with the shedding of, of bad thoughts, of negativity, that there's this neuroplasticity. We can change. We can go through this process to break out of our old life into this new life and to, this, to move toward Christ-likeness. But we must allow that we're not forcing the change. We must allow God to do that change in and through us. But in time going from more molt to morph or morph to molt to multiply multiplication happens where that caterpillar becomes a whole new life in christ how many know when we come to jesus the new is gone the old has come we become new creations in christ jesus and it's a beautiful process of of transformation that takes place but it ends up we have our lives become multiple we, our lives, that's, in fact, that's what we're called to be as disciples, is to go and make disciples of all nations. But you can't, 
you can't force discipleship. A, a disciple, you can't, you can't be what you're not. And so we have to realize if we're going to multiply our lives for the good, spiritual transformation starts right here in our own lives. In order to create new pathways for our mind, it's going back in this process and allowing the Holy Spirit really comes back to this process of change that we, we choose to. And when we do that, when we, that happens, that's where life is. True life happens. And finally is this, when you do, when you, transformation starts with this, when you can know God's will will change you. You can know that God's will will change you. Paul says this again, not being conformed, but choosing transformation results in this, that you will be able to be tested and approved what God's will is, his good and pleasing and his perfect will. Now, it seems idealistic, isn't it? His good and pleasing perfect will. You're like, nothing's perfect in life. No, you're not perfect. You're not going to go down the perfect pathway. We're going to stumble and we're going to fall and everything. But what we're doing, we're going and moving in perfection. We're, if we move toward Christ and what he's doing, there's a perfective work that his will, his perfect will is fulfilled. That's pretty lofty to think about, but it's a promise that we have. It won't be perfect, but we can move in the perfective will of God in our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, in our career, and wisdom, and with our kids, and the hard times we go through, and the difficult times we go through. I was talking with someone before the service. They were a single mom. We are talking about being a mom and being a dad at the same time. We've seen so much work, and, then, and, and the transformation in time that's taken place. At the end, we see great results if we hang in there and being faithful. But what is Paul saying? It goes back to laying in our lives as this sacrifice. Don't get squeezed into the world's mold, but let the work of metamorphosis mold your mind, shape you, because that, again, we, our lives are the trajectory of our, our strongest thoughts, those pathways that can lead to the change our lives with the change of others. And I love how it says this at the end of Verse 2, Romans 12 in the message says this. Well, this is what happens as a result. Is this, that God brings the best out of you, developing well-formed maturity in you. That the, perf the perfected will of God is, is leading you to a place of, of maturity in your life, a development that happens along the way. And you can't speed up maturation. You can't speed up growing up too quickly. You can't speed up spiritual transformation. It takes time and intentionality to continue to go to that trail, to continue on our minds. I'm, I'm letting that well-worn path wear down, grow over so a new pathway started. And I think we've found success, haven't we? If you've been a Christ follower, your go-to paths that you used to go to and, and you know, going with the old friends or going old lifestyle style you've learned for those pathways to grow up and they don't even really come a big major deal anymore but we need reminded they're still there we reminded that we are not too big for our britches. We reminded that we can't live in life of spiritual pride because we can get humbled at times we need reminded that we're all capable of going down the negative path even a new negative path we never thought we would do that talk to the friends that i know that have divorced or blew up their life in, you know, in a financial fraud or in jail and people I don't know is they never thought they would go down that road well it was that trailhead that one day and that one decision the small decisions so each day this daily life a living life as a sacrifice leads to this lifelong process but what happens along the lines which is so awesome is we began to pave new ways of transformation not only our lives, but the lives of others. I'm going to invite Chris to come as we close here today. And it was interesting when we 
back when I, in my college days when we paved the, you know, or not paved, we carved these trails for this property for the church. And as I mentioned, 10 years later, the building was built. Not only on top of that, Christy and I, and Grant was a baby, our son, we moved back into the area, back into Bellingham, and we got to serve as youth pastors of that church. And we had five years there, and as much as it was, it was a beautiful building that was there, it wasn't about the building. It was about the lives were being ministered to and transformed, and many, many students that were impacted. In fact, there's people that are part of North Bay that were part of our church back in that day. A pretty amazing thing. And I would say the same thing, you know, we're praying any day now, any day now that the permit for this building that we want to build right in this parking lot will be built. But it's not about a physical building being built. It's about the lives that are going to be transformed one day, but it's a life that we're experiencing of, of transformation now. The, the, the morphing and the molt and the multiply, this process that we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And it's, there's a lot of waiting. And we're a, lot, we're a lot of trusting as we're going through that. And I want to apply that to you personally here today. What are you waiting upon on the Lord? Where are you in this spiritual process? I want to encourage you to do what Paul says. Lay down your life as a sacrifice to the Lord. What, how do we do that? Here's the beautiful thing about it all. You just start with where you're at. That's all you do. You start with where you're at, who you are. See, if Christ has already saved you and, 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 and as you confess your sin to him, guess what? You're clean and holy before God. It's not when you lay down your life you're, you're, it's for your sin. It's actually you're laying your life down as service to him. Jesus took care of the, the sin already on the cross. No more dead sacrifices are needed made. Jesus died once and for all. But we're called to live this living sacrifice. I don't know what's next. You don't know what's next. But we know that the process of trans transformation starts with that. And so I encourage you, this is our spiritual practice this week, is to make, make space and, and, and create a place to, for an altar this week. Make space in a place as an altar this week. And I, I encourage you to, to do that sometime in your week and maybe do that every day. Maybe if there could be any kind of ritual in your day, would be maybe it's getting up in the morning, getting your coffee and getting your Bible and doing the reading plan and saying, my, my, my altar is going to be my armchair. My altar is going to be my couch. My altar is going to be the walk that I take with the Lord. My, my altar is going to be when I drive to work and I, I got everything shut off and I'm just spending time with Jesus by myself in my car or in the shower, wherever it is. Find space and a place to make your lay, lay down your lives as an, a sacrifice to the Lord and allow, say, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. All I know is, Lord, I lay my life before you. Change me, transform me. Do your metamorphosis work, your, your spiritual transformation so that I can experience your, your perfect will in my life. And the, better, the best way we could do that this week is to start right now and to do that together. I invite you to stand. And as we do, I want to just pray with you and pray for those that are online right now. I would encourage you in this room, make your space right now an altar. I pray, I pray for those that are online as well, that you on your couch or wherever you're watching this, or maybe this week you're watching it or listening to it in the car, create some space right now. Let's, let's pray for that. Lord, thank you for your work, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, 
that when we talk about sacrifice, we do not have to die for our sins. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the one to atone for our sins. In fact, if, even if we tried to lay down our life for our sin, it would never be good enough because you are the perfect holy sacrifice that, you, that needed the sinless work that you did on the cross, Lord, provided that. But now, Lord, as those of us who are followers of Christ, we're called to live a living sacrifice before you. And I know some of us are carrying a lot of burdens and a lot of challenges and a lot of unknown, a lot of fear and, and, and all that's happened and it continues to happen, Lord. But Lord, you just want to take us from where we are. We just are called just to lay down whatever it is, whatever struggles we have, but really ultimately, Lord, are very self before you and that you as, you, as we do this, you do the transformation from the inside out that leads us, Lord, of letting go of our wills to your will, your good and perfect will that you want to transform our lives and leads to the transformation of the lives of the people around us, Lord, in us, and Lord, as you do that through us. And I pray that over all of us. I pray as we take this moment, an altar time, Lord, that we had multiple altar times before you laying down our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, that this will be our spiritual act of worship. They'll no longer be allow the world to form us in their mold, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we would know your good and pleasing and perfect will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let's do that together before we leave.